Welcome back to our third segment here of Solid Steps Radio. I'd like to thank our sponsors, LN Credit Union and Carol Rogers Carpet One. And uh, they are sponsors of our show. And this is Solid Steps Radio. We're a show for men by men talking about man stuff. And we just want to help guys walk with God. We're a tool in the toolbox. We don't think we've reinvented the wheel here on the show. We just want to be something that guys can listen to. And we know the ladies listen to. We thank you ladies for listening. But uh, pass this along to a man in your life and, and just to hear some of the stuff we talk about from a guy's perspective. We're here today with Gary Polsgrove. And we talked about the first two segments. you got to hear his man's story, that, that God has written this story, and uh, he's redeemed it. And we're going to hear the, the kind of the next couple chapters here in the next two segments. But if you want to hear the whole story in its entirety, go to Facebook.com, go to SoundCloud.com, go to iTunes, and type in Solid Steps Radio. Or you can go to FurtherStoneMinistries.org and click on the mic. Yeah, so, you know, Chad, we've been talking with Gary, and Gary, it is incredible to hear your story, and I, I, and there's some bits and pieces that I'm learning that I, I didn't fully know, all, all, all the details. Um, so God redeem you, you're, you're, you go from captain uh, of, with UPS down to, I mean, to jail, to, you know, hiking across town to try to work, you know, a delicatessen place, making sandwiches, and and in, the, in, the, in that time, you've got five kids of your own. And then you, uh, you eventually you marry your fourth wife. Yes. Uh, what a gift. Yes, it, it was a gift. It is a gift. M- Manette is. Uh, you, you guys have been together uh, twenty years. Twenty years. We've been married fifteen years. That's um, and that's a gift from God. It is. And 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 so God's God's got you. He's moving you. He's growing you. He's developing you. He's transforming you. And then, three and a half years ago, you are hit by a freight train yes freight trains are good that's a good way to describe it what happened well i had landed uh, from a trip my wife and i had been on and then uh ear was was uh, my right ear was consistently stopped up almost as if like it is when you fly sometimes but this time it wouldn't it wouldn't stop so i ended up at ear nose and throat guy and we go through a couple of tests and some things and ultimately they put a tube in my ear thinking the station tubes plugged and and then one morning, and that didn't work, and then one morning uh, my wife came down to the kitchen and my, the right side of my face was drooping, and then I uh, thought, oh no, I've probably had a stroke or I've got Bell's palsy because like all of us, we go to Google and find out what's wrong. That's right. Then I did and determined what was wrong, so I ended up in my doctor's office and he, I'm telling my doctor you know, what's wrong with me, and he says, well, I don't really think that's it because I had a lot of stroke history in my family. and. He says, well, I think you need to go with this uh, neurologist guy. I said, okay, well. So, of course, I'd do the same thing in his office. And he says, I don't think so. We need to get a PET scan or MRI. And uh, as I'm walking into the hospital uh, to do this scan, I, I had a sense that I was in trouble. And consequently, uh, on the way to the hospital, my, this neurologist calls and says, when you get done with your PET scan and MRI, I do not want you to leave. I want you to stay right there. And uh, well, this is serious. He thinks it's something serious. And though, so after I'd gotten uh, dressed after the scan, uh, almost immediately the, the, f- the nurse came in the room and said, the, "The doctor's on the phone." My wife stepped to the phone and and he he describes what it's this massive tumor that's in my head, and another massive tumor that's in my face, and it's wrapped around the wrapped around the carotid artery and <clears throat> various sundry places and. <clears throat> that I uh, needed to go to this a brain surgeon to try to see if they could operate on it. 
and then went to the surgeon and he couldn't operate on it because he said it was so massive and consequently it was wrapped around all these important parts in my head uh, mm. so consequently they couldn't even get to it and then the next step was that, that they would um, they needed to do a biopsy of the um, do a biopsy and the only way they could get to the tumor that was in my head was to go through my face so they ultimately uh, Cut, went through my mouth and then cut the right side of my mouth open and drilled a hole through my sinuses and into my brain to get to the tumor just to get a sample and then after about a week or so we the doctor called and said hey well we got this we got the test results back and they're inconclusive and I'm like I'm inconclusive how does that happen <laughs> what's that mean <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of work to be inconclusive <laughs> yeah. Well, that, well, that was my sentiments, and all the pain and the, all that you can imagine. You know, I'm describing this to you, but you know, you cut your face open, and you know, when you take a drink of water, and water comes out of your nose because you got all your stuff cut open in there. And so he says, "Well, we have to do it again." Oh, I went really? Yikes! I thought he was anyway, but we did the surgery a second time, and then did some. I think they had some robot or something in there that assisted with it somehow. So they got another sample, and then it, and then about a week later. Um, the results came back that I had a very rare form of non-Hopkins lymphoma, uh, and it was so rare, uh, the way they could determine there was only 100 cases in the U.S. that, that were similar to this, and that is because I had three types of, of, of cancer. I had not I had the uh, large B-cell follicular and uh, with another type of cancer called aggressive, and so uh, I was in my, so I went to an oncologist, and he said, this is very serious. Um, so consequently, we're going to to treat your cancer. We are going to have to put you in the hospital. We can't do this on an outpatient basis because it's so serious because we're going to have to do multiple cancers daily. Multi- I mean, multiple types of chemo each day. And I looked at him and I said, well, like, you know, I'm thinking, well, next month or two, we got to get to the, uh, go to the hospital. He says, I said, well, one week, he says, I want you to go now. So I walked from his office to the suburban hospital. It was in the hospital for almost two and a half months, mm. solid. I mean, I did get out for short stays when my white blood count was so low they would did let me out temporarily. Um, but during that hospital stay, uh, the, the, the prognosis was pretty short term. Uh, I mean, months. Yeah, I remember hearing because this is the same time that Kristen was diagnosed. Yes. And so I remember Jeff from a Stump, distance, yeah. yeah, we were we were praying for you guys, but I was praying more for my wife at the I'm time. Sure. And uh, but I, I would think of you, and uh, but didn't have the energy resources to reach out. So they they said basically, you, you just got a few months to live. Well, the doctor wouldn't say that, but the everything you read and everything you saw. And it was all point. It, best case scenario, they were trying to extend my life. You had three different cancers at once. Yeah, all at the same time, which was all in your head. All in my head. All but, in your head. And then my lip notes and in my face. So they blast away. So they did chemo for through for two and a half months, and then after a about a month and a half stay in the hospital, they decided they they knew that it was having some impact. Didn't know how much. So they said, "Well, let's do another PET scan MRI." So Don Stevens came in my room and said, "The cancer's gone." He, and he, he was he looked almost pale. He says, "There's no medical explanation why mm. it's gone." 
and of course, you know, I was shouting and crying and hallelujah and everything else you could imagine. And the doctors were baffled. But about a week earlier, uh, Bob Russell came into my room, and uh, I was, as you can imagine, pretty tore up. And he he and he looked at me and he said, um, "Tell me about your family." And I did. I said, "Well, you know, all my all my children are Christians. They're all walking with the Lord." And I remember his look on his face of of impact. He goes, "Wow, that's amazing." I said, look what you've accomplished. And I, and I didn't really understand that very well at the time. Uh, but he said, life is not about your accomplishments, but it's about your contribution. And your contribution is, you know, with your kids, it's been amazing. And he said, how long do you want to live anyway? I said, I'd like to live to be 90. <laughs> <laughs> and he prayed for me to live to be 90. <laughs> I said, well, hallelujah. <laughs> But but during my hospital stay, uh, every day I would get up and ask them to tape off all my tubes, and I would take a shower, and I'd put my blue jeans on, and I would sit in chairs. I wouldn't get in the bed. I actually made my bed in the hospital room because I was determined I wasn't going to get in the bed. And then, But after about a, a week or so or so in the hospital, they decided they needed to get additional chemo into my brain, so they uh, took me back up to another hospital to do brain surgery to put a tube down into my brain so they could add additional chemo into the center part of my brain and uh, and the tube is still there so and so and then so they said cancer's gone after cancer's um, gone they could but they continued to give you they some did he, he the doctor said that gary even though the we can't uh, there's not any we can't find the cancer uh, if there's just one cell left of that cancer, it'll come back with a vengeance. So let's go ahead and finish the, the next month of treatment, and let's go ahead. And then I had radiation scheduled beyond that for six weeks every morning at 8 o'clock downtown. And then ultimately, we finished up the radiation too. Wow. So I was ball as a cue ball. and But like you, Kurt. <laughs> there it is. Every week, hair comes up on the show. Every week, and he's always him making. Fun and, of and you know what? You know, it's if you look at Gary right now, he's got a full head of hair, and it's just like as if nothing ever happened. Mm. Well, the amazing thing it was is that I had this perfunctory prayer. I would pray regularly, and uh, I, I would ask God to deal with my pride, my arrogance, the way I talk to people. Uh, you know, I had this prayer, and I don't think I really meant it. I just thought it was a cool prayer. Uh, but God ultimately... He heard it. He heard my prayer. And he said, okay, I'll deal with that. And so when he took away again, because I couldn't make a living, I'm a realtor, so I couldn't make a living anymore. I had no income. I had a $19,000 deductible or $18,000 deductible on my insurance. So I had this, and I had, obviously I had life issues of payments and house payments and things like that going on that I couldn't make anymore because I'm self-employed. And the cool thing, and when I really begin to see God's provision is, is when I checked out that hospital, every single one, my, my 100% of my deductible had been paid. All my house payments had been taken care of. I hadn't went for anything after I released from the hospital. Somebody came along through my employer, through people at church and family. Everything was taken care of. Wow, that's the grace of God. And, and, and not only that, uh, but you did not know one of your kids yes. for 18 years, and after this experience, you were united with him. Yes. And we're going to un- unpack that story in the next segment. 
You, you just got a, a, just a life full of stories, brother. <laughs> We're going to take a break <laughs> on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Listen to all three of these. Please, 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 we, we beg you. This is a, a fantastic story. Go to our Facebook page. You can go to soundcloud.com or iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio. Or you can go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on the mic, and you can hear this entire story on Monday of Gary Polsgrove's incredible story that he's written from pilot to jail to cancer to today. And, and uh, so now, Gary, you, you, you get out of – you had been leading and doing ministry down at Dismiss Charities uh, downtown. Yes. And you've been working with guys coming out of out of jail. And uh, But then it just – um, after the cancer experience, I, I think you, t- you told me that there was like a handful of guys who were coming to Bible study. Is that right? Yes, about five. And, and then – but after the cancer experience – you're ministering now to uh, how many guys every week? About 100 guys every week. 100 men. 100 men. God, God j- just took all of your story from pilot to jail to then through cancer, mm. and he's used all that to now you're impacting a significant amount of men. Talk, talk with us about that ministry. Well, being broken, being incarcerated, and seeing the, his power redeem my life in so many ways and redeem relationships that began to, uh, that ministry grew out of that brokenness and that I, I knew that if God could do this for me, he might do it for others. And I went, so I approached the Department of Corrections and, and I wrote a curriculum and ultimately got into about nine, it was, this was about nine years ago, it started with just a handful of guys. And consequently they gave me permission to come in and I began to teach just the Purpose Driven Life book. And, but my whole story was a story of redemption. And the purpose driven life was uh, was a talking points more than it was anything, and that was mm. let's talk about life and let's talk about God's power and what He can do in a man's life if he's open mm. and broken. And so I began to minister to these men, and then several years after being involved with them, uh, I wanted to take them to church, and I wanted to take them to our Sunday school class at Southeast, and cut the and I, so that took about a six month. Uh, approval program through the Department of Corrections. We got that squared away. It was the first time they'd done that. <laughs> and so consequently, I started taking men to church and Sunday school class uh, from our class that we were already having on Wednesday nights. And for the first time, they had begun to experience community and, and a real sense of seeing other families, and particularly other men that would that could pray and they could have relationships with Christ. And for many of these men, it was the first time they had a real sense of community and people that really didn't look down on them or condescend to them or disrespect them, but but generally had a sense of love. And I remember, just to give you an example, it was two weeks ago, I was walking out with one of my guys and after, after church and he said, oh, he said, oh, I love coming here. I said, why? He said, oh, I just love it. I said, no, come on, what is it here? What is it that you really, what is it? He says, it's the love. And that love ultimately is what helps these guys make the decision to really make a difference, to really change their lives. And part of that change is saying, I don't want to go back to Paducah or Hopkinsville or some other city where they've, where they've had the issues before. But ultimately, if they'll stay in Louisville, we will come alongside these men and help them get set up for the first 30 days out of when they're, when they're not incarcerated anymore, when we, we pick them up at the gate 
and we have facilities that we work with that come alongside these guys and, and do all that we do and and we assign mentors to the guys when they're when they're released so that now they have people that are calling them and talking to them other men and starting to impact their lives and in some cases have them over for dinner and that type of thing. That's you know, I, I just marvel at how God has taken you and now how he's using you. And in the break, uh, we were talking about how, how much God is using you with all these men, but there's even a higher ministry that God has used you with your family. Yeah. Because you've got seven kids total, and they didn't even want you, you know, back in the day, they didn't even want you around. Right. They hated you. Yes. A lot of them did. And now where are they today? Well, two of them are in full-time ministry. And had, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, and uh, the others are walking with the Lord, and, and up, almost all of them have some sort of form of, of giftedness that God is using in ministry in some form or fashion. Um, and so he's impacted their lives. And then, of course, my son Braxton, uh, who was my oldest, it was my youngest son, who was um, at a young age when I, you know, many years ago when I was incarcerated and uh, had little or nothing to do with me at all. And matter of fact, he had a lot of contempt for me and probably hate and unforgiveness. So consequently, I didn't see him for almost probably 17 or 18 years since he was just a small baby. And I remember... Uh, I, the Lord just tapped, and I tried to see him on multiple occasions. Tried to call, and he'd hang up. And his mother would hang up. You know, it was just a very tense situation. And so, consequently, uh, the Lord brought it about. So we we connected up. I finally reached him one time in Charlotte, and said, "Would you be willing just to have lunch with me?" And he said, "Yeah." I went, "Oh, you're kidding!" I couldn't believe it that he even answered his phone. So. We, we had that lunch, and uh, I, I asked him deeply to forgive me and, and repented and just told him, I said, ask me any questions you want, I'll tell you. And I just told him a lot of with the story I'm telling our listeners today. I told him, and what a scoundrel I've been, and, and, but to talk about, what look what God's done. And he began to see me differently, and so since that time, he's been to our, my home many times. I've been down to see him. Uh, the relationship with his mother is healed and we've communicated with his mom and him and they my my and his mother my third wife's communication with my with my wife Manette and they're not buddies or anything but God has just redeemed that and now he calls me with issues and about college and things of that nature and so God has just redeemed that relationship. So I get to tell my guys, so many, so many men that I work with, that you know, let me ex- explain because they're 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 desperate to be back with their families and their and their kids. And I said I was 18 years without seeing my son. Let me tell you what God can do when I gave up, because I did give up. I thought I'll never see him again till heaven. Then all of a sudden, God flipped a switch, and it happened without my efforts. Mm. You know, uh, you know, when I listen to your st- story, it gives hope. Yes, it gives oh, it, it gives hope to the work and the power of God. And no matter what your situation is, listener, um, God is for you. The Bible says that God is for us. And and sometimes this world is so 
so corrupt and so broken, but he loves us and he cares for us. And, and Gary, your story is so powerful. Um, you know, I mean, from beginning till now, I mean, I just, I'm just amazed at how much your kids now love you and respect you. I am too. From the <laughs> rascal that you were. I'm amazed. <laughs> I'm amazed. I still am amazed by all this. Um, Gary, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, listeners, would you just pass this on to others? Because we live in a world where we need hope. Hmm. And we need, there's brokenness, and there needs to be forgiveness and, and repentance and surrender. And all, that's, and Gary, that you're just, your story is just, just all of that wrapped around what God has done in through you. Yes. So we rejoice. Thanks for coming in. Thanks Thank for sharing. You. Your, uh, Sharon, and uh, would you please pray oh, for our men and uh, just uh, that they would be encouraged? Absolutely. Please. Thanks. Father, I thank you for this opportunity today, and I know there's a man there, or maybe more than one, that's that's heard this, and you're already talking to him already. But God, I pray that as you speak in one ear, this would be your Holy Spirit speaking to him in the other ear, and God, in the middle of these men's desperation and their hopelessness, God, that they would find you and know you deeply, and God, you would you would redeem the past as it never happened. God, bring healing and restoration to these men. Mm-hmm. And God, that they would honor you and glorify you. And God, like always, would you just show off in these men's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and God, show the world what you can do, because that's my story. It's not mine, it's yours. God, thank you that there'll be many, many more stories to tell. And, and Father, we thank you for all this in your son Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Gary. Man, what Thank a story you. that is. And uh, for all of our listeners, again, if you uh, want to hear this entire story in, in any of our past shows, just go to Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, or iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio. And, you know, people have asked, how can we help the show? You can do two things primarily. You can pray for us, the show, that we would just, God would use it in any way he wants. And you would also pass this along, pass this story to someone who needs to hear it. There's someone right now that is having some some problems and they don't have any hope. And if you hear Gary's story and say that God doesn't do work hmm. in hopeless situations, then you haven't heard the story. You, you need to hear this and just pass this along to a man in your life uh, who needs to hear it. So we want to thank you for listening. And again, uh, we post this show on Monday morning uh, on our Facebook page to listen to at any time you like. So thank you for listening and uh, please pass it along. I'm uh, listening for the Solid Steps Radio.